0: Hey everybody it's James from Posture Stars. Thanks for tuning in. Today we're talking to Lorna Taylor, physiotherapist and founder of Jolly Back. Lorna's been a children's physiotherapist for over 15 years and is now specialising in occupational health and ergonomics. I'm going to talk to her about posture in teachers and schools which is a massive subject right now. Hello Lorna. Hi James, thanks for
1: having me on today.
0: Oh, thanks so much for for coming on. I've been really looking forward to speaking to you. You've got a real interest in the moment in teachers' posture. Um, tell me, tell me what's going on there.
1: So, I guess my interest in teachers' posture came about from when I was working in schools in Derby City, going in looking at kids' posture because more and more children are coming through with back problems now, and it was whilst in that the teachers, as soon as people know you're a physio would often come up with their back, the hip, the neck, the knee problems.
0: Oh, are you a physio? Can I talk to you about my back problem, Lorna? <laughs> uh,
1: of course, after this, James. <laughs> I'm really interested in this.
0: Uh.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, some teachers lying on classroom floors during break time to stretch their back out and thinking that's perfectly acceptable and normal whilst at work. So when we sort of looked at their working practices in primary schools, there's low height working everywhere. We're never going to escape. Big people working with the little people there will always be that height difference sitting in kids chairs bending over the tables washing hands in those sinks you name it they're stooping over a lot of the day it was then that I thought that really need to be able to help a bit more here and um, with my knowledge as a physio of ergonomics I um, thought if we can improve the way they're sitting that will help a little bit so that's when I came up with the idea of the jolly back chair just as a wedge seat at height, just to put back to rest, on wheels, a handle, so they don't have to bend and move it or pick it up, so safer for children, because chairs aren't being lifted overheads, uh, and, and it went from there, really, but um, realised that's a very reactive way to treat a problem, and so I do a lot more proactive, trying to raise awareness about teachers' back health and working conditions, um and and it's just gone from there really
0: i can't believe um how bad a time teachers have of it in my private practice maybe one fifth of my clients i have a fifth of them physios and massage therapists because physios are always getting broken and a fifth of teachers is it because there are that many teachers in the country or is it because they're having these poor working practices and things are going terribly wrong for them
1: yeah it's really interesting you you see a lot of teachers and I, i i expect a lot of coming in their own time and um paying self-funding their treatment. Uh, we did some research with the University of Derby looking at the incidence of musculoskeletal pain in teachers um, over five years ago now, just to try and identify the need. Anecdotally, as you say and others, you speak to teachers, they often say, Oh yeah, my back hurts at the end of the day, I I hang off a door frame somebody says to have a stretch out. If you've got kids, you'll know if you've been in a parents' evening when you leave parents' evening from the little chairs. How uncomfortable that feels. So teachers are aware, but they are very accepting that it's part of their job and they don't really know what else to to do about it. And I think the other factor amongst this is teachers are very well-meaning and everything's about the children. And when they say they're going to work, they're not really saying when I'm at work, it's more when I'm at school. So I sometimes think that teachers don't think that going to school is is work. And maybe if that concept of them going to work was more ingrained within them, they might think, actually, hang on, sitting on a ch- kid's hard plastic chair that's 35 centimetres high is my, my work chair. They might think, that actually, no, that isn't acceptable. I've even had teachers that have said they've had to sign disclaimers when they're working in primary in case the chair breaks because they're not weight tested for adults. Wow. So rather than sort of say, well, what should I sit on? They just sign the disclaimer. It's really tough for teachers. It's accepted. Uh, it will take change, but I'm hoping certainly after the pandemic, well-being will be up there more so. And schools, any organisation is only as good as its staff and its employees. And if we think about schools, the output of schools is children's education. So I really think there should be a massive shift to recognising the importance of teacher self and well-being, and actually have that investment in staff. And hopefully then, when it's not so taboo that, oh, my back's sore, it will be talked about and then ideally prevented before. Before they need to come and see you, James.
0: Yeah, before they need to come and see me and say, <laughs> oh, my back, I'm another teacher, come and fix me. <laughs> What a nightmare! Certainly, in in private industry, employees have a duty of care to look after their staff. Is is that not the case in schools? Is it different?
1: It it is the case in schools, absolutely. And there are practices in schools that, quite frankly, are illegal. But people don't want to raise a fuss. Um, in nurseries, I've been into, I've had people in tears saying they've spent sort of four hundred pounds on on private treatment but and mentioned it to their manager and have just been told that they can be replaced. So workplace culture is huge. Um, there are a lot of pressures on head teachers, um, nursery owners, nursery managers. I also think uh, many that come into those positions or got promoted to those positions have been teachers themselves and maybe haven't had the leadership experience and the knowledge and the awareness of knowing the benefits of investing in staff and the the outputs you can get from wellbeing and occupational health initiatives so it's not necessarily a blame but it's definitely something a huge area that needs needs tackling you look on sort of ergonomics websites and it's to do with construction and healthcare and manufacturing but but rarely you see anything about education. So, yeah, that's something that I'm keen to change.
0: Well, you're doing a great job of working on it. I, I really hope that you start to make inroads in this. It's, to me, it's really depressing when I see what's happening uh, with teachers, and particularly at the moment in early 2021. Teachers are getting a great deal of praise and support for how hard they're working. And yet on the back end, the actual infrastructure supporting them has been terrible, if, if not negligent.
1: Yeah, when you say um, negative, I, you look at teacher wellbeing posts on Facebook, Instagram type thing, looking at their home working environments. Now, it's not only a home working environment for a teacher, they, they're actually having to teach. And some of them are sitting on sofas with laptops on their lap, trying desperately hard to prop up a whiteboard behind them. So they display a board to their their teachers. And I'd just be really interested to know what, what heads and school leaders have checked in and how frequently with these teachers, because there are solutions to this. There are products that can help. There are advice and awareness that can help. But when you see Teachers working in the environments they're sitting at dining room tables with cushions stuffed in their back, uh, some working on an ironing board. Great that they're standing up, but are they using that in a way to stand up or because there's no other space? And yet, you look at other companies where they are authorizing standing desks for their, their staff working at home, or they've been able to take home the DSC equipment because they're not in the office, whereas teachers. I don't know. I I honestly think they just have to get on and and do with it themselves. I don't know if that's because the heads are unaware of uh, the legislation and the guidance of what they need to provide. I don't know why they're not providing it. I'm only thinking it's because they're not aware of what they need to do and how to do it rather than that they're not caring of their staff.
0: When you said DSE equipment then, what that means is display screen equipment. And when these guidelines were set up, these were specifically for people using desk-based CRT monitors. But teachers now, a lot of them, their display screen equipment may be a handheld mobile phone or a tablet propped up on something. Are those guidelines sufficient at the moment?
1: I don't think the guidelines that were already in place are known about in schools. Um, From a DSE point of view, you've got teachers that will be using their laptops or um, technology for more than an hour a day, but they won't have had a DSE equipment assessment, which is, as we know, illegal. So I think if we haven't got that level of awareness and procedure pre-COVID, it's unlikely to be happening during the pandemic. Um, I guess the important thing is what happens after. Um, certainly raising awareness for staff about what they, what they can do now, and there's plenty we you can do as we both know about improving your workstation whilst you're at home with equipment that you've got at home. I think key is getting up and moving, but I think it's really, really important that teachers contact their manager or their lead or their health and safety lead, occupational health, if, if they are uncomfortable or struggling at home or at school, because if they are struggling, their colleagues will be too. And that often does help teachers because they think... By saying something, they won't be able to work and then it'll put more strain and pressure on their colleagues. They're very well-meaning. But actually, if teachers are themselves experiencing these problems, so will their colleagues. So in other words, maybe if you don't want to do it for you and you should, you're entitled to and you need to be responsible for your own health and well-being. But if it's easier to think I'm raising this as an issue to help my colleagues and future teachers coming through, then, then do it that way. But but do let someone know because no problem can be solved unless somebody knows about it.
0: Yeah, so, someone's got to say something. Yeah. And often uh, it's a tip of the iceberg thing. For every one person who who has raised the awareness, there's another 10 or 12 people behind them who, who haven't or, or who won't.
1: Yeah, and they're willing for someone just to take that
0: yeah. step. Just so.
1: And it isn't a case of school having to spend thousands on height-adjustable desks and such like it, isn't? It isn't that at all. And it can be something, you know, improving the, the working environment, looking at the air quality and the temperature and the lighting and and, and the design of the, of the actual space and the setup. So to to have better posture and health and well-being isn't a case always of spending money, but actually if you value your staff, you you need to invest in them. And ultimately they will be more productive teachers. I uh, did had a case study with a school once uh, a member of staff had rheumatoid arthritis so chronic pain and occupational health recommended a jolly back chair so we put that in and the business manager could not believe the difference in the member of staff she used to be a member of staff shall we say maybe not shouty is the right word but she understandably was quite unpatient with 34 year old the 34 year old children in a class if she's was in pain and um, you are more irritated and she said since she'd had a chair and was more aware of her working setup no teacher and no parent had been in to say oh she was a bit short with my uh, my child and she said the behavior management was improved no end and that's something that I didn't fully realised but actually it makes sense if people are comfortable and not in pain then they can concentrate on their job and they feel happier themselves
0: so better posture in teachers means happier teachers means yeah. happier better educated yeah, kids yeah.
1: yeah and posture yeah. to me isn't just about standing up straight or anything it is integral to health
0: yeah well Lorna it's funny you should say posture for me isn't about because I have a question for you which is my first question that I ask all of my all of my podcast people which is what is posture?
1: Oh, well, to me, it's, uh, it's an integral part of health. And I don't believe we can be fully healthy in terms of our physical and mental health without healthy posture. Um, for me, it's more about the self-awareness of our bodies interacting with the environment. It improves our digestion, our circulation, our whole sense of well-being. So that is is posture to me. It's a dynamic, a dynamic word. It isn't just about let's slump over and let's sit up tall. It's integral to our physical and emotional health.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 an ongoing um, input into who and what we are as human beings and how we how we get through life. Very holistic of you, Lorna. Very holistic. <laughs> Very
1: holistic. Well, it, well <laughs> it is. It is. I think there's lots of different camps, isn't it? And everyone has their own opinion, and that's great. Different opinions. Help create more ideas, and and that's that's brilliant. But I think we should try and get away from compartmentalising part, part, different aspects of posture and ergonomics and mental health. It is one thing; it is twined up. One thing affects the other.
0: One great big chunk of well being, isn't it? At the end of the day,
1: yeah. So in a way, if you, it's like a win win, isn't it? If you're thinking about your posture and awareness of your body, it's going to have benefits in other areas so why wouldn't
0: you yeah totally I I challenge our listeners (laughs) totally I challenge our listeners to come up with one reason why they wouldn't want better posture I'm I'm struggling to find any Mm -hmm. maybe maybe get more pestered by people thinking they're more attractive or something that's probably the only the only downside
1: (laughs) yeah I'm not thinking about the more attractive but yeah I guess you would be if you're more aware and happy with yourself
0: yeah shine more yeah, shining. People, people shine when they're, when they're happy in themselves and their posture reflects that. Yeah. And then improving their posture, can, as with your um, teacher colleague, can change how they are in themselves as well. Their yeah, personality. Yeah. And, oh, that's lovely. So <laughs> my second question is, how do you improve people's posture? What do you do?
1: Well, I guess for me, because posture is multifactorial, um, I'm a huge advocate for moving 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 so uh, to not sit down too long to know you know every 20 minutes probably get up and have a 20 minute stretch or move but in that as well make sure from certainly in these times looking after your eyes as well so you sort of gaze 20 meters into the distance 20 meters into the distance of 20 seconds so thinking of this 20 20 20 because it's much easier we are creatures of uh, looking for the path of least resistance. It's much easier if we have pointers to remember. So just think it's sort of every 20 minutes, I've got to move, look in the distance. So I think movement is, is is fundamental, knowing that we can work in different positions. We haven't just got to be sat at a desk and chair. We can stand up, we can lie down, we can sit cross-legged or, or one leg up in your chair, just just to move. So I think I'd like I'm very conscious of, that I bring to helping with people's posture. I've obviously developed the 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 jollyback chair and also now fortunate to be in a position to bring to develop a range of other products to help teachers focus in on the health, and well-being, the safety of themselves and the children they're working with. And just trying to raise awareness through working with the University of Derby, the Early Years Alliance, that actually the health and well-being of teachers will benefit the children you're teaching and caring for and trying to go down that angle because teachers and people working with children are so well-meaning and, and the children are everything, but actually trying to sort of say, well, your help, you, you can't give if you aren't well fit yourself. So that's the kind of thing I'm doing to hopefully help
0: people's posture. So um, if any of our listeners at home have been sat down for more than 20 minutes they should up. get out move, yeah. yeah, just get out of your chair now yeah. turn 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 this nonsense off and go and have a walk yeah. and come back and turn Actually, it on again.
1: listen to the nonsense but walk around the house, or you know if you're able to walk around or just sort of move, just move however you can yeah, yeah. and
0: and give your eyes a rest as well, go and be nosy and see what the neighbors are doing yeah. It's it's healthy to be nosy about your neighbours. Yeah,
1: neighbors. go and look for a healthy snack in the fridge.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just don't have a peanut butter on toast like I did before this, this podcast, or you'll still be suffering like I am. <laughs> okay, so... Um, So you're helping people, uh, teachers in particular, with their posture by providing products and resources for them as well.
1: Yeah, well, we also thinking about that off off the top of my head as well, looking, we found a range of manual handling trainers because the other crazy thing is a lot of undergraduates and teachers and certainly nursery workers training are going to work with children, but yet they're not shown how to safely move and carry children for their health and and also for the child's health so we've got a range of manual handling advisors that are around the country that will offer practical advice on how to best to carry children therapeutically position them for play that you can access through jollyback website as well
0: that sounds fantastic that's um jollyback.com, jollyback dot com one,
1: yeah it's
0: yeah. a it's an interesting name
1: i do at the time like my, my... I was on maternity leave, going slightly mad with the third one. When I had the idea after doing my school's work prior to maternity, leave. and my eldest daughter was five at the time, and we were thinking of ideas for names, and she had the idea of Jollyback because she said they were learning like Jolly phonics at school, and it's kind of happy and fun. And uh, so that's that's where the name came from, actually.
0: I have to say, since I ever first heard the name, I've <laughs> never forgotten it, which can't be said of a lot of products out there. So it is it is easy to remember.
1: Um, Thank you.
0: My third question is, and we might have answered this already, for our listeners at home, if you had to do one thing right now to improve your posture, what would that be, Lorna?
1: It would be to be self-aware of the posture that you're currently in, the position you're currently in, and think about how you can improve it. Can you move to a different position? Just be aware of your body and your, your posture when you're moving around.
0: There are loads of ways you can improve body awareness, peeps. You can do um, various modalities, physical stuff like yoga, Pilates, Alexander technique. Mindfulness is a nice way of becoming more aware of your posture. Listening to podcasts from Posture Stars and subscribing to our mailing list is a great way to ensure that your posture is permanently at the top of your mind. So it's so many ways there. We mentioned kids and moving in school, and I'd really like to do another podcast where we talk about kids posture in school and also when kids are doing their homework working from home is that something that we'd be able to work with
1: yeah absolutely james happily help with that there's there's lots of advice that parents and carers can do with their children at home using the equipment they've got right up to looking at workstations for children and such like so um again it's 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 pretty endless and i think as parents we are a lot more conscious of our children hunching over devices and working for hours in in, in recent months. And although they will be back to school very soon, hopefully, home working and home studying uh, will continue for the years they're in education. And I think, importantly, we should be setting our kids up with early habits as they go into the workforce. Uh, There's quite a lot of work coming out of Europe at the minute looking at the future generation, because a lot of young people are entering the workplace with pre-existing back and net problems. And also that's, that's obviously not great for the individual, but actually quite costly for employers. So they're wanting to look at um, health of younger people in schools as well.
0: This is terrible because these these are the kids who are going to be paying for my pension in retirement. So I'm I'm not having them taking time <laughs> off work with bad backs and bad necks. We need, we need to, to get this sorted.
1: Then, James.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I need to get working on it. Thanks for that, Lorna. Um, (laughs) okay so Lorna Taylor of of Jolly Bat that has been really informative we've learned a lot about teachers and the problems they're having with their posture and I'm sure to have you back and we'll discuss kids posture as well both at school and um, importantly for parents when they're doing their homework thank you so much for coming on I've really enjoyed our time together
1: oh you're welcome thank you